Yesterday, upon the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. How I wish he'd go away. Hey, how's everybody doing? It's fucking Tuesday again, I guess. I mean, what the hell? Here's another episode. <laughs> Shit, man. You're really enthused this week, aren't you? Just ecstatic. I mean, no, I, I wasn't in character yet. <laughs> hey, what's up, my fellow weirdos? Uh, happy Tuesday to you. I hope the butthole of the work week isn't kicking you too hard. My name is Chris, and with me as always is Chuck. Chuck! Yee! I wish I could do like an 80s glam metal voice. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Might as well, Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Oh man, you're gonna be wearing leather by the end of the episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> you didn't see the the underpants I was wearing, did you? <laughs> How uncomfortable would that be? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's all right. <laughs> Nothing like having a dead cow up against your boys, huh? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, welcome to Weird Candy. Thank you guys for checking it out. Don't forget, rate, review. Subscribe, download, listen, be uh, our the slaves. Can... There you go. <laughs> Service me. I mean, whoa, whoa. be my servant. <laughs> we're like a hundred seconds in. hundred <laughs> seconds, and we're already like ah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so check out the Facebook, Weird Candy Podcast at Facebook.com. Check out the uh, Instagrams. It's uh, Weird Candy Podcast on Instagram. And then send us an email. Maybe you have yourself wearing uh, leather underwear. Leather underwear, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's so so Weird Candy Podcast at gmail.com. Sometimes when you're walking down the hallway, oh you get a little <laughs> sweaty, it kind of squeaks, but a little know, make some noise. People are like hardly looking, looking at me like, why are you squeaking? No, 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 I can't look at you right now. Really? Yes, it's very strange. No. Yeah, no, no. Honey. I'm pretty. Well, I, you oh, should look you guys closer. Should, you guys should just uh, be glad you don't have to see this. <laughs> Why don't you tell them what's up, buddy? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. All right. So, right away. All right. So at least once a week when I shave, I do my eyebrows because I want to. Uh, I get these like long hairs in my eyebrows. <laughs> you know, I don't want to have like Flash Gordon eyebrow or Christopher Walken <laughs> eyebrow or something. So oh, boy. I usually take my trimmer and I run it across my eyebrows at the same setting I use for my sideburns. Okay. Well, this week, <laughs> shaving the other oh, day. Oh, you guys know where it's going. Uh, so I grab my shaver, and without checking the setting on the guide, I just buzz my eyebrow right off. <laughs> so <laughs> You guys I, have no idea. <laughs> I look well, at it, you know. In fairness, you know, I mean. Uh, well, I couldn't leave the other one alone, so I had to do it the same. So, I mean, I thought maybe my glasses would hide it, but it doesn't really bit, do a, a good enough bit. job. But <laughs> You'll just have to disguise you know, it. Uh, first of all, I'm really <laughs> glad that I didn't just attack the sideburns like that because I love my sideburns. I've had these fuckers since I was... You know, uh, my yeah, mid teens, right? Are they are they mutton chops? Is that <laughs> yeah, what I guess so. I just say sideburns. So, uh, but oh, man. I would have hated to fucking cut them that short. You know, it is sure. a little embarrassing. I think you know, <laughs> you're not the first person to just stare at him and think, "What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this guy?" Oh, dude, it's it's very strange. <laughs> I almost went to the store to get some little fake mustaches <laughs> to stick on there. You know, well, you know, didn't play, he keeps looking at me and putting his fingers up there, like, making a move like eyebrows. It's weird. <laughs> Angry face, happy face. <laughs> Surprise. Well, I could, I could just tattoo little eyebrows on my fingers and hold them up there, you know? 
<laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's so weird. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to wait until next time you're drunk, and then I'm going to have your girlfriend let me in the house, and I'm going to shave yours. Oh, my heck. Why? <laughs> that is so cold-hearted. I need a twin. <laughs> okay, well, all right then. I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's about my embarrassing story for the week. You got anything, man? No, no, man. Nothing. I, I don't think I could ever top those. <laughs> Any of your stories. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Shit's <laughs> just wild. <laughs> oh, man. The Misadventures of Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new cartoon. <laughs> On Showtime. Yeah? Well, what about that story about music players at work? <laughs> what about that? Like, you can't have your music players or be... Well, you just can't have your phones out, you know? And so a guy recommended that he was probably just going to start carrying his old 80s boombox. Yeah. And then they <laughs> then they make a rule against boomboxes, right? What, what, <laughs> the hill's a boombox. Yeah, all these youngsters these <laughs> yeah. days, they don't know what a boombox is. So I'm like, well, that's when you put firecrackers in your vagina. That's <laughs> the <laughs> Oh man, that's a boombox uh, for sure. Yep. yep. <laughs> you have no idea how excited he's been for that joke. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy it. Some jokes just fall flat, Chuck. That one didn't. <laughs> I already, Boom. I already ran it through the test group. You know, they loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you think it has an echo? <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like a hall. Like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I don't know why that's so entertaining to me, but fuck it. <laughs> All right, we've gotten pretty weird already, but is it time now to get into the weirdness of the tales? Fuck it, let's do it. Let's get weird, buddy. All right. Surely everyone has heard the term urban legend, but do we really know where the term comes from? Well, put your thinking cats on because I've got some educating to do. Did you say thinking cats? I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, well, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go caps or hats. <laughs> so you just said cats. <laughs> We're going to put some fucking thinking cats on our head. <laughs> oh, I hope they're declawed. You oh. say you say thinking cats, and I think of that sculpture, the thinking man, and it's a cat. Like, hmm. <laughs> oh my heck. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> by almost all accounts, the term was coined by Dr. Richard Dorson in a series of books called Folk Tales of the World, which were published between 1963 and 1973. Not only did he coin that term, but he also coined the term fake lore while he was having a debate with author James Stevens about his book on Paul Bunyan. Like, I love it. I don't know. I, I just I felt like that was something that had to be in the notes for today. Like, it's so just a weird, random thing. Well, it gets you started. There you go. There you go. Right? <laughs> the words urban legend didn't really gain traction until it was used in a series of popular books written by Jan Harald Brunvand. What's that name? <laughs> Jan Harald Brunvand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beginning in 1981. With the term uh, being relatively new, it is kind of strange that some of these tales go back many hundreds of years. Today, we're going to take another trip across the pond and visit what many believe to be the very first. As we touch down in London, we'll already, we already have things planned out, you know? First things first, tea and scones. <laughs> Next, we have no choice but to stop at the nearest pub and grab a pint. Or three. Or three, yeah. <laughs> three or four. <laughs> Finally, after we have some fish and chips, we can get down to the reason we're here. You think I've thoroughly offended everyone? Uh, no, you could try a little harder. Oh, cheerio. Yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> in the early 19th century, there were common reports of ghosts that stalked the streets. People claimed to see pale, human-like figures that would stalk and prey on lone pedestrians that happened to be out late at night. For a lot of historians, these are the origins for the legend of Spring-Heeled Jack. 
Spring Hill Jack, boo! Like, <laughs> like we did. Dude was a douchebag, man. Well, you know, it sounds awesome. You, know, the, you guys the, are gonna find out. This guy, I mean, he was a fucking piece of shit. Douche the bag. theory of Spring Hill Jack sounds awesome, but the things he did to people was like awful. Right? Exactly. Well, you the, know, I, like, I don't know. I think it's like you know, just tacking your know, lone women and shit like that. If it, if he was just some cool old like Victorian parkour dude who blew fire out his ass. <laughs> Cool, okay. but you know, you do realize we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, people know what Spring Hill. Stay tuned. <laughs> You're like a coming attractions poster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I guess in order to get into the legend, we should start at the beginning. According to author and researcher Mike Dash, which is where we got most of this information from, the sightings that would morph into our jumpy fiend actually began in the village of Barnes. Rumors were spreading that there was a ghost that was shaped like a white bull that would attack women. Over time, a neighboring town called East Sheen started getting flooded with claims that women were being attacked by a ghost that took the shape of a white bear. But as things spread into the nearby town of Hampton, it started being reported that it was a mysterious ghost of an unearthly warrior that wore polished brass armor, clawed gloves, and shoes with springs in them. Now, at first, the papers were referring to this asshole as Steel Jack, but all of these distinctions would eventually land him the name that would go down in history. In late 1837, a carpenter named Jones, and that's all I could find, just Jones. Jones. I don't know if that was first name, second name. Maybe it was just Jones. Jones, Jones, Jones. Carpenter Jones and me. <laughs> we like to make stuff out of wood. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> in late 1837, a carpenter named Jones was attacked by a ghost in armor while he was walking on Cutthroat Lane in London. What a name for a street, man. Right. Why would you walk down Cutthroat Lane if you didn't want your fucking throat cut? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cutthroat. Everybody it's the, knows. It's the lane for Cutthroats. We got pirates and whatever other Cutthroats there are. <laughs> Chimney sweeps. <laughs> Chimney I mean, sweeps. Obviously, duh. Con men, uh, guys playing three card money. <laughs> We got crabs in the alley. Crabs in the alley? Crabs. Oh. <laughs> well, crabs. Yeah. Most people did take crabs in the alleys back in those days. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so he was attacked, and the claims are that at first he was able to fight this, like, quote, ghost off, but then two more showed up, and Jones got his ass whooped. Two more of these things? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now... From everything I read and looked into, it seems like the first like real account happened in October of 1837 when a servant girl named Mary Stevens was walking to Lavender Hill where she worked for a wealthy family. As she was passing through Clapham Common, <laughs> ham. sometimes you just got to clap the ham. Clap the ham, baby. Yeah, baby. It was the last time you had your ham clapped. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded better in my head. Fuck it. <laughs> You, clapping, you can edit that out, right? No. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clapping your ham, is that what you were doing when I got here? Yeah. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I'm like, stop it, dude. It's time to start the episode. I named it Shirley. <laughs> As she was passing through, she claimed that a strange-looking man jumped out of a dark alleyway and immobilized her by grabbing her arms. At this point, he began to kiss her face, all the while ripping her clothes off and caressing her flesh. She claimed that he did this with claw-like fingers that felt, quote, cold and clammy as those of a corpse. <laughs> she knows what the hands of corpses feel like. Yeah, I mean, doesn't everybody? Uh, Victorian people, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, dead people—they would like pose to dead people and take pictures. <laughs> yeah, you know, fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> in a panic, she began to scream like hell, which brought several residents running to her aid and ultimately scared the would-be rapist away. And I, I say would-be rapist because why the fuck else is he like kissing on her and trying to rip her clothes off and shit if he wasn't gonna fucking rape her? Piece of shit. 
This seems to be the oldest report, but from what I could find, it wasn't reported until many years later, after the legend had already been hyped by the papers of the day. So, who knows? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. The day after Mary's encounter, it said that Jack was seen close to her home, where he jumped in front of a passing carriage, which scared the shit out of the horses and caused the coachman to crash and hurt himself pretty badly. <laughs> the driver... <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. I just picture this creepy spring heeled dude jumping out looking like i don't know i don't know man it just tip tip your cherryo <laughs> chariot i don't know fuck i'm trying here <laughs> the driver claimed that he then watched this fucking asshole jump over a nine foot tall wall cackling with maniacal laughter as he fled <laughs> um, that's how it sounds in my head <laughs> <laughs> that's about that's what maniacal laughter sounds like yeah now at first most of the townspeople just thought that people you know were experiencing a form of mass hysteria but on january 9th 1838 the tales would go from legend to legit and within a little over a week the papers would all agree on the name spring heeled jack on the 9th the lord mayor of london sir john cowan oh dude what a fucking title lord, lord mayor of mayor. london sir john cowan it's your service <laughs> It just sounds so fucking proper. Uh, proper, yeah. yeah. This guy gave veracity to the sightings and declared that Jack was a menace and would be apprehended. Cowan even offered a reward, and since I wasn't able to find how much it was, we're going to say that the reward was uh, a warm bath. Yeah, or an indoor bathroom. <laughs> yeah, people were fucking filthy back then. You could use my indoor toilet. <laughs> if you I'm, the ol- <laughs> I'm the only person in town who has one, being the Lord Mayor Sir whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't find how much the mayor had offered as a reward, but I did read that there were other rewards that in today's amounts would be around 1,500 euros. So, so you know, they were, they were fairly serious about, like, hey, somebody fucking catch this asshole, you know? Shortly after the mighty I would have dragged mayor, your ass in there for the reward. <laughs> wow. My name's not even Jack. <laughs> it's Chris. <laughs> no, I swear. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that because then I wouldn't have anybody to do this podcast with, and I'd just be sitting over here with <laughs> crickets chirping. Hey, and, guys. Hey, shaved my eyebrows hey, off again on Chuck, accident. <laughs> I own the eyebrows this week. <laughs> yep. I accidentally cut my earlobe off. <sighs> you guys wouldn't believe how hard it is to open a beer with your teeth. <laughs> 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 I think we're off topic here, buddy. Yeah, it's all right. We got distracted. <laughs> Shortly after the mighty Lord Mayor said, Jan, Jan, what the fuck? Stumbling over my words. <laughs> Get it together, Chris. We got an episode to record. Okay, fine. It's fucking Tuesday, whatever. <laughs> Shortly after the mighty Lord Mayor Sir John Cowan made his declaration, one of the most well-known attacks took place. On February 19th, 1838, Jane Alsop claimed that she heard a knock on the door, and when she uh, asked who it was, the person said that they were a policeman. He told her that they had caught spring Jack and that he needed her to open the door so that he could borrow a candle. <laughs> right, man. We're going to wax torture him till he confesses. <laughs> Just rip wax on his genitals. <laughs> In the future, they'll think this is sexy. <laughs> As Jane brought the candle out to the man, he threw off his cloak and, quote, presented a most hideous and frightful appearance, vomiting blue and white flame from his mouth while his eyes resembled red balls of fire. <laughs> I'm actually spring Jack. <laughs> it was a ruse. Fooled you! <laughs> the girl said that he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled white oilskin. 
Without saying a word, he caught hold of her and began tearing at her gown with claws that were made out of some metallic substance. This is what she said. Some metallic some substance. Metallic, were they like thim- Metallica. thimbles with needles glued on them? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very pokey. <laughs> I am seamstress Jack. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> I never did learn how to read. <laughs> she pulled away from him and began screaming as she ran back towards the house. But he caught her again as she reached the porch and began clawing at her neck and arm. At this time, her sister ran to help her, yelling for the girl's dad the whole time, causing this piece of fuck to run off into the night. Nine days later, on February 28th, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were walking home from their brother's house in a, uh, quote, respectable part of Limehouse. Oh, so they weren't on Cutthroat Lane. No, no, no. They, <laughs> they were on respectable Limehouse Lane. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, actually, as they were walking down Green Dragon Alley. Cool, the Green Dragon Alley. That sounds like a name of a street in Harry Potter or something. Oh, you know what? My <laughs> first thought was like that old Kurt Russell movie, Big Trouble in Little Children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, that works. Yeah. I don't know why. That, that was where my head went. <laughs> Uh, They saw a tall, thin, and gentlemanly-looking man standing off to the side. He was wearing a large, dark cloak and was carrying a lantern similar to the ones that the police used. As the two of them approached him, he, quote, spurted a quantity of blue flame into Lucy's face, causing her to temporarily lose her sight and fall to the ground in a convulsive fit. Then he just walked away. Spurted a quantity of flame into her face. <laughs> oh, they used to call shit all kinds of different things back in the day. <laughs> now it's like choo choo. Here comes the baby goo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's blue flame, baby. Oh, the cops investigated the report and questioned several. <laughs> That's blue flame, baby. <laughs> Is that your nickname in the locker room in high school? Yeah. yeah blue flame, baby. <laughs> blue flame, baby. <laughs> Oh, that just stuck in my head. Uh, the, the cops investigated the report and questioned several people. One guy that they questioned was a man named Thomas Milbank. Milbank was overheard in the Morgan's Arms pub, boasting that he was indeed the villain. Inspectors found his white overalls, a great coat, and a candle outside of his house. But when he admitted that he couldn't breathe fire, they let him go. What the, what the fuck was the candle? Here's a clue. It's a candle. If he could breathe fire, he doesn't need it. Well, I think that's how they got it. They're like, ah, oh, let's see you breathe fire, you scum. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe fire, sir. It was the candle, ah, was the candle he previously stole from that other lady. That's what I'm Could you give me a candle? <laughs> Seems to me you live joy. Wait. <laughs> we're all kinds of off topic. It's all right. In the end, they were no closer to catching the bastard. No so, shit. So even though this guy or ghost or fucking bear or whatever other stupid fucking being that people thought he was, uh, he was a piece of shit. So naturally, he was turned into some kind of a super fucking hero or something. Oh, a piece of shit turned into superhero. Yeah. yeah. See, like I was saying earlier, if he didn't do such horrendous thing to women, right. then it would be kind of cool. Like I picture him being like, cool. like a circus performer who fell out of work because, I don't know, the circus closed from the plague or some shit. And now he's trying to do some busking on the street, just parkouring up with right. walls and awesome. blowing fire and shit. But no, then he's no, got to attack gotta women go out and shit. And like, Look, if you're going to spurt your blue flame in a lady's face, it needs to be consensual. I'm just saying. Right. (laughs) Choo-choo, bitch. (laughs) Penny Dreadful was one of the most popular publications of the times, and it seemed like they made a fucking killing doing issue after issue about Spring-Heeled Jack. Newspapers ran headlines almost daily, whether there were new reports or not. One of the stories I found is pretty fucking crazy, so uh, buckle up, motherfuckers. Here we go. There's no seatbelts on this chair. (laughs) It's metaphorical. Yeah. Mentally, buckle oh. up. 
Oh. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just like, whew. it's hard to read some of this shit. It's hard to read because some of these words don't make any sense. I'm looking oh, exactly. at your notes here and I'm like, what the? Did you mistype this shit? Right, right. Yeah, it looks like I just mashed the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. The notoriety with the, the notoriety. Oh, my God. <laughs> The notoriety which which the extraordinary and highly reprehensible exploits of the personage white clept, and that means by the name of I knew what it meant, <laughs> but <laughs> want to make sure you guys did. <laughs> personage white clept spring eel Jack have acquired seems to have animated some persons at the West End with a desire to frighten out of their wits some of Her Majesty's lieges in their quarter. At five o'clock on Saturday morning, a youth about 13 years of age in the employ of Mr. Priest Porterer. I'm guessing it has something to do with fucking chicken or something. <laughs> priest, uh, the chicken priest. <laughs> <laughs> Poultry geist. <laughs> Great Mer- Merrily Bone Street was engaged in Westmoreland Muse <laughs> and, atta- and attaching his master's horse to the cat. I don't know why I just went Australian there. Fuck I it. Oh no, man. <laughs> Let's start this over. <laughs> I fucked that all up, buddy. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, no, I'll just keep going. You can just piece it together. Fuck it. <laughs> he thinks I'm going to edit this one. <laughs> he keeps saying that, but no. And attaching his master's horse to the cart for the purpose of proceeding to market when, on turning suddenly round, he beheld two very tall men enveloped in cloaks standing before him. Their arms were raised and stretched out to the fullest extent, and their faces smeared with red ochre or brick dust. The poor boy who fancied that his visitors were no other than members of the Spring Hill Jack family. Now there's a whole family? I know, right? Like, like they're fucking what, breeding. Like they said earlier, like three more of them yeah. jumped out or whatever. I'm like, maybe it is a troop of circus, uh, circus freaks. Right. And they're just trying to perform, well, but then they... And as we go along, to me, that actually does start to make sense, but... Oh, where were we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Spring Hill Jack family was so much alarmed that after screaming loudly for assistance, he sank to the ground and in a few minutes afterwards was picked up in a state of insensibility and removed home where for some time the occurrence he was confined to his bed. He was not yet completely recovered. The dastardly fellows fled prior to the arrival of those who were attracted by the boy's cries to the spot. <laughs> I don't know, I just keep thinking I should throw in a crikey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. And I mean, that one wasn't horrible, but another article I found isn't quite as, uh, shall we say, entertaining as the last one. <laughs> it's still, it's pretty odd. Spring Ale Jack, as it seems, found his way to the Sussex coast. On Friday evening between 9 and 10 o'clock, he appeared. I don't know why I'm Australian. I don't know. What Can you get your on? English accent together, buddy? Oh, it's probably because I'm upside down. Oh, yeah. I, I should be sitting uh, uh, right side up for this. I don't know why you did that inversion therapy thing and <laughs> you just wouldn't come down. <laughs> Bring ale Jack, as it seems, found his way to the Sussex coast on Friday evening. <laughs> you can't get over it. <laughs> Spring Hill Jack, as it seems, found his way to the Sussex coast. On Friday evening between 9 and 10 o'clock, he appeared, as we are informed, to a gardener near Rose Hill in the shape of a bear or some other four-footed animal, and having first attracted attention by a growl. Then mounted the garden wall, covered as it was with broken glass, and ran along it upon all fours. Covered with broken glass? I know! Did they just do this back in the day because they didn't have barbed wire? We'll just put some broken glass on top of the garden wall. Well, if I've learned anything from watching modern shows about those times, I think every time they drank something, they just smashed the glass against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) More more milk! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And hence the invention of the metal cup. (laughs) 
<laughs> to the great terror and consternation of the gardener, who began to think it time to escape. He was accordingly about to leave the garden when Springheel Jack leapt from the wall and chased him for some time. The dog was called, but slunk away, apparently as much terrified as his master. Having amused himself for some time with the trembling gardener, Springheel Jack scaled the wall and made his exit. The fellow may probably amuse himself in this way once too often. <laughs> like, holy shit, like you definitely didn't have to know how to write to be a fucking reporter in What did amuse himself with the gardener? Was he just like sitting back by a tree, just old stroke and smoke? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. You keep running around in circles. I'll be back to <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you just keep running in circles. I'm gonna go over here, take a little five, but you're entertaining me, so just keep going. I'll growl at you. <laughs> 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 As the papers kept the story alive, the police didn't really have any leads other than the occasional person that would claim to be the culprit. Unfortunately, these were all proven to be bullshit. What made things even harder for them was the fact that they were now having to deal with dozens of copycats. First off, why would you ever claim to have done this if you didn't? Because it's it involves like molestations and stuff. Maybe the properly touching. Well, like you know, like you hear all the time, like you know, homeless people like they'll purposely like commit a crime so they can get caught, so they can be warm in jail or whatever, get something to eat. Maybe it was fucking wackos or just <laughs> crazy people, you know? Like, literally, like, I'm Batman. He hasn't been invented yet. I'm spring Jack, you know? <laughs> yeah. Somebody who went back in time. They just finally got enough time grease to slip back there. And I'm Batman. Wait, Batman doesn't exist yet. <laughs> it was you, wasn't it? You were spring Jack. <laughs> I did. I, I saved up all my money, and I bought time grease and saved it up in a giant drum. Until <laughs> I wasn't the one that was molesting the women, though. I was just running around acting. You just show yeah. up and be like, I'm spring Jack. <laughs> I, I'm despite my size, I'm actually quite good at parkour. Yeah. I yeah. was I was climbing all over Victorian London and Sussex and wherever else <laughs> claimed to have seen this guy. Okay. Well <laughs> it was somebody mystery else. solved. I yeah. guess we don't have to go on. No, we can stop the episode right <laughs> now. Right, well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh <laughs> <laughs> did you like that? I was just criticizing anybody who would claim to be him. Right. And then I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> Remember, an open mind. No. <laughs> On March 2nd, a man came into the White Lion Pub, told the woman running the place that he was spring Jack, and tried to hit her in the head with a club. <laughs> I know that it shouldn't be funny, but like, in my head, this is like a fucking slapstick comedy sketch. Yeah, I'm picturing it like... like what? spring Jack? Oh, I am crunk. smack! <laughs> it's in black and white. This dickhead was arrested quickly after he left the pub. <laughs> like, come on, you fucking moron. Uh, another man named Charles Grenville was a tall, thin man that donned a blue mask with bright lips and went around pretending to attack women. Now, I don't know how you pretend to attack women, but that's what they said he was doing. When they brought him in front of the judge, he said that he was just having some fun with the whole thing, and he and the judge just laughed and laughed, and he was let off with a warning. <laughs> I was having some fun. Right. I didn't actually that attack him. hilarious, homie. Look, that other guy actually clawed up her clothes. I was just putting my hands really close to her and going, I'm not, not touching, touching you. <laughs> I'm not touching you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Probably one of my favorite accounts of a copycat happened on March 31st when a lady known only as uh, Mrs. Amsink was walking with a friend. Out of nowhere, she was grabbed by someone wearing a fucking sheet and a, a quote, monstrous mask with a long beard attached to it. <laughs> as the dumbass spoke to her, the two girls instantly recognized him as a man named James Painter. Painter was the footman of a nearby house. 
they're like, dude, we know who you are. You're fucking Jimmy, Jimmy Painter. He tried to <laughs> run away, but the two women caught up to him, and I'm assuming they beat his ass. Uh, <laughs> he got arrested, and he was fined four pounds for being a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> four pounds. They were like, we know who you are. And he's like, no, you don't. He's no, you don't. It's not me. <laughs> and probably tripped over the fucking sheet, and they just start beating his bags. <laughs> <laughs> As these copycat sightings were occurring, there were what the papers believed to be legit attacks happening hundreds of miles away. Most of these were reported as, quote, bestial sightings, so for the most part, the legend was starting to wane, as well as was the press's obsession with it. Well, maybe he turned back into the bear or the bull that he was in the beginning. Yeah, he's regressing. Yeah. Probably needs to go back to therapy. He went all the way through all the steps of evolution and then (laughs) back around to the beginning. (laughs) Uh, you know, but by this point, the damage was done. In September of 1845, a 50-year-old man named Thomas Purdy was suffering from pleurisy. Pleurisy is a condition where the membrane in the lungs becomes inflamed. So he was having coughing fits, you know, deprived of oxygen, and he would become delirious, shit like that, you know. During a particularly nasty fit, he stumbled out of his house while he was in one of these delirious states, and he frightened a lady that was passing by. Now, a guy named Henry Noble heard the lady screaming and ran over to help her. He assumed that it was Springhill Jack attacking her, so he beat the living shit out of old Thomas. Shortly after the beating, Thomas died. But luckily for Henry, the coroner decided that he had died of natural causes, so good old Hank wasn't charged. <laughs> he died of that lung thing, not the fact that you beat his brains out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, good on Henry, and I, I, you know, it's like, oh, hell of a case of mistaken identity. You know what I mean? <laughs> shit. <laughs> In 1877, a British army camp in Aldershot, Hampshire, became the target of the Leaping Loser. According to a report from Sheldrake's Aldershot and Sandhurst Military Gazette. I mean, that shit just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, it does. It? Just, it just falls right out of your it's mouth. Just, yeah. It's so easy to say. <laughs> anyway, on March 17th, a sentry was on night duty when he saw a figure coming at him. The guard called out, Hey, who goes there? But got no response. At this point, he claimed that the visitor shot around the guard booth at an unnatural speed. He shot at the person, but the bullet had no effect. And there are actually, like, several reports of Jack fucking with these guys at the base. Uh, (laughs) This is my favorite thing ever. One day he showed up, runs up, slapped this guard in the face several times, and then just ran off into the night. (laughs) It's like fucking Charlie Chaplin, dude. Yeah, that sounds like another one of those slapstick comedy things. Just (laughs) smacks him a few times, just whap, whap. Why? Yeah, why is guy? (laughs) It's fucking great, dude. The guard just stands there dumbfounded. He smacks him and runs off into the night. Right. What the hell? Just trying to do a little stroke and smoke. (laughs) After giving these guys a hard time, whether it was wrestling with them, slapping them, or just giving them the creeps, he just disappeared. He vanished. It wasn't until 1904 in Liverpool that we get the last known sighting of Spring Hill Jack. Now, this one's up for debate. It was reported that hundreds of people witnessed this fucking douchebag leap from rooftop to rooftop before disappearing. Problem with this is that in 1964, a woman known as Mrs. Purepoint claimed that the papers and the public blew this whole thing out of proportion for no other reason than the hype. She claimed that it wasn't Spring Hill Jack at all, but it was instead, it was a local, this is her quote, dude. Oh, I love this. It was, quote, a local man slightly off balance mentally. <laughs> now, and he's no. just running around buildings. Just well, Now I, I know your diagnosis. You're just slightly <laughs> off balance mentally. I'm slightly <laughs> off balance mentally. Yeah. I don't know why it's so funny. He had a form of religious mania, and he would climb onto rooftops of houses crying out, My wife is the devil! Usually, like, like this is her quote. Yeah, my wife is the devil. <laughs> Usually, like, people would fetch the police or a fire engine ladder to get him down. Uh, as the police closed in on him, though, he would leap from one house roof to the next, and that's what gave rise to the Spring Hill Jack rumors. Now, that's her quote. This one was a story that happened in 1904. 
Yeah, and, so and, and in nineteen sixty four, sixty years later, she she gave she, this report. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, damn. But also, this nineteen oh four report is seventy something years later, or something like that, from the uh, original stories. 60, 70 yeah, years something or like something. that. It's pretty damn close. I think it was eighteen thirty something. Right was right. the original start of the reports. Or yeah, something. it was like 1838, 1837. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, we were talking. I mean, this guy just never dies. Hey, you it's pointed almost. out a story that you saw somewhere where there was footprints in the snow. This yeah. is like in America, and then they would like find them up on the roof, on the roof, yeah. and then they jump. Maybe it's Spring Hill Jack. Uh, I, He's still around. He's immortal. I actually think it most definitely was Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, absolutely. He's 100%. a he's immortal. He's trying to sharpen his sword while Slightly he tries to find the others that are like him, so he could finish them off and be the only one surviving. Are you fucking describing <laughs> Highlander? <laughs> Ask your parents. Are you you really just Christopher Lambert or, or the TV show? Which one? Are you, where are we going here? Films. Okay. Oh, yeah. Man, I mean Sean Connery's a badass. Fuck it. I am a mortal. Oh, <laughs> now, great. So that's just gonna fucking be stuck in my head now. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks for that, buddy. Appreciate. I it. told you before. I love doing that. Just... <laughs> now, whether this crazy bastard was actually the creature of legend or not, it's really anyone's guess. But I'm kind of thinking maybe he was just like the inspiration for the entire tale. You know, oh yeah. Maybe these sightings and things didn't happen. But there's newspaper reports. There's police yeah. reports. Like you know, at one point they actually had like the most famous fucking inspector. I think his name was Lee, something Lee or something. But uh, supposedly this guy was just the fucking best, and like he was on the case and never cracked it. So he <laughs> was Sherlock. Hey, another movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are a few different theories as to who was responsible for the attacks. Most people seem to agree that it was most likely a man named Henry Beresford, the Marquis of Waterford, because he was infamous around London for vandalism, misogyny, and using violence to amuse himself. <laughs> I'm violent just to amuse myself. <laughs> and this fucker loved to pull pranks on unsuspecting victims and would literally do anything on a back. <laughs> I just shoved that lady down the stairs. She broke her neck. <laughs> You want me to pull the corn cob out of my ass? Okay. <laughs> Only if you they dare me. <laughs> Damn. He even had the nickname of the Mad Marquis. Even though he is the most likely culprit, theories suggest that after he started the whole damn craziness, several other people took up where he left off, which is, I guess, where you start hearing the accounts of multiple, multiples. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just led a whole gang of them. Well, I'm sure he had plenty of rich fucking bored friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's a bunch of rich, bored Violent assholes. Right, right. (laughs) In my opinion, though, you know, like, the most fucked up part of this entire legend is the absolute disregard for the safety and well-being of women in general, especially if they were poor. You know, it's like, I found some other reports and stuff, you know, there's just, basically just says, you know, oh, this servant girl was attacked, or, oh, this poor family, they were all accosted while, you know, out in the fields early in the morning. But, you know, that's all you get. You get, like, basically these little one-lines. But if, you know, somebody's fucking rich back in those days, oh, fuck, yeah, man, we're going to run with this story. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, as I was saying, it's so horrible the things that were done to women. You don't ever just attack a woman and try and tear her clothes off or do whatever he was doing. Unless it's consensual. Right. But, man, if some of the other stuff doesn't sound cool. Oh, I know. Blowing fire yeah. <laughs> and parkour up the buildings and it just, Yeah, but, you, you know. You didn't tell everybody that fire was your priest's name. <laughs> <laughs> when you're blowing fire. My priest name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm priest fire. <laughs> Father fire. Father fire. I'm Father Fire. And I'm here to tell you today about the 
devil and all the price you will pay as you suffer eternally in hell. Amenia. <laughs> I think that, I don't know, something like that. I haven't been to church since I was a kid. <laughs> Amen. You, you tell us all about it, Father Fire. There's brimstone, and the devil will stab your ass with a pitchfork. <laughs> Why a pitchfork? Like, well, there's so many cooler toys and weapons now. I mean, there's certain toys that you can stab somebody <laughs> in the ass with, and they probably wouldn't mind. That's the point, you see. When no, the in, point's the pitchfork. <laughs> when you're in hell, you're not supposed to enjoy it. So what if you do? I don't know. If you enjoy hell, they send you to heaven, and you <laughs> feel like, like damn it, hell. <laughs> He's like, what do you want me to damn? I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> now, personally, my life would be an even bigger shit show if it weren't for some super strong, independent, and downright badass women. As for Spring Hill Jack, I probably would have found it extremely amusing if he had targeted and slapped more politicians. You know, that's, yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that's fucking entertaining. You're saying, you know stop saying? fucking with the women. Go smack around the Lord Mayor and his cronies. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking have, you know, have some real fun. Entertain me, <laughs> fucker. While the mystery may never be solved, I'm putting my money on the theory that says that he was a fucking alien that came down to fuck with the poor, dirty bastards that wander the streets of 19th century London. <laughs> An alien. <laughs> oh, I didn't even get into all those theories. Holy <laughs> shit. What do you got there? You got any? Oh, I know. I, I honestly didn't get into them. It's, I mean, there are some fucking you out just there fucking bypass the shit that's way out there. To get the facts. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I kind of, I fucking dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah, but here, I'll give you a theory. He was uh, the devil's gimp. Okay. He had escaped through a portal from hell. Okay. Yeah, and he was running around uh, trying to gather up the souls of the ladies. But no, he was just trying to fucking rape them. Well... <laughs> he was the devil's gimp. He was tired of being raped himself. <laughs> He's like, I don't like it. Now. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> if you don't like it, why are you doing it to other people, you <laughs> fuck? Shut up. <laughs> Remember, an open mind leads to endless possibilities. Join us next time for another piece of weird candy. Did <laughs> 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 I like change like scenes in Wayne's World or something? <laughs> I thought you were gonna like. Do an evil laugh. <laughs> 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 mayonnaise. <laughs> what? Mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm Father Fire. We're going to talk about mayonnaise today. <laughs> like, for instance, don't put mayonnaise down your pants. It's weird. Yeah, but it's so squishy. <laughs> Where else am I supposed to keep it? <laughs> the refrigerator. Uh-oh. Right, in the joke. Okay. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. All right, let's say it again. Join us next, next time for, for another, another piece, piece of weird, weird candy. Candy, candy, candy. Candy, candy, candy. candy. Ooh, candy. <laughs> <laughs>